Hello and welcome to the Care It Out Sleep Show, a podcast for tired parents who are searching for a bit more sleep the caring way. I'm your host, Kerry Secker, infant sleep consultant, founder of my unique sleep approach to Care It Out and your caring sleep supporter. I really hope you'll join me on my mission to get small to settle night's sleep without the tears, training or techniques. I love talking about sleep and I can't wait to share my sleep subjects with you. My approach to getting you more sleep is simple, straightforward, but above all, it's got to make sense and feel best for you. Ready to get more sleep? Then let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Carry Out Sleep Show. You're listening to your host, Kerry Secker, and I hope you are really well today. Um, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Um, whether this is your first time picking up this podcast or you've listened to every single episode I've put out there, I love hearing that you're listening. Love knowing that you're listening. You are really welcome. And are, above all, I hope you find this episode useful, reassuring and informative because that's my intention for every single podcast I put out there. This is episode 21. I can't believe we're now in our 20s. Nap myths to bust. So... There is a lot of myths when it comes to sleep and if you've been following me for a while you might um, know that I absolutely love busting a bed myth or two and there are so many. I will, I promise I will do another episode on this for sleep myths but today I really wanted to focus down on the myths around naps and there's definitely a lot of them. So in this episode I am going to go through 10 myths around naps for you hopefully bust them and offer a little bit into insight why they're a bit of a myth um, and hopefully you'll find that reassuring so let's get on to it so nap myth number one they should go down the same way as bedtime for naps now I call how your small goes to sleep I call it their bedtime boundary and this is the same for naps and bedtime now it seems so logical doesn't it that if they go down to to sleep at bedtime in a certain way then that's what they need to have at nap time and you might have heard out there that for consistency's sake every time they go to sleep they need to go down in the same way and for some I'm not saying it's impossible but for some that might be the case um but I can only talk from my practice and my experience and from my practicing experience they don't have to go down the same way as they do at bedtime as they do for naps naps are often trickier to get them down to sleep because they have they don't have the same levels of sleep hormone melatonin in them and they just don't have the same tired in their tank as they have at bedtime either um so changing how they go down for naps can often be a little bit trickier than nighttime and it's completely normal that they might need a little bit more support to go down for nap time and also what how they get to sleep at bedtime might not work at nap time all completely normal and as I said I can only talk from my practice and experience it's very logical to think well if they go down at bedtime um, in a certain way that's what they need or that's how they must go down for nap time um, but from my experience which I, that's the only thing I can talk from, is that this isn't always the case. In fact, the majority of families I work with um, in practice or that I speak to, their babies go down in a, in a completely different way to how they go down at nap times. Uh, they go down in a completely different way at nap time to they go down 
at bedtime and they go on to sleep at their biological best and have a settled night's sleep and what's really interesting about this I find working with families children so so interesting is that I on I always try and be very very honest with you really value honesty and hand on heart I have never come back and looked at how or where your small is going to sleep at naps to um get to help get them down at bedtime, make changes at bedtime or make changes at night time. So I personally believe this is a myth that they should go down the same way at bedtime. I don't like blanket statements. I don't believe in a one size fits all small. So if my my suggestion on this is if that your or take to it is that if if your small is going down to nap in a certain way and it's working for you all is well we don't need to change it. If it's not working for you then we can absolutely look at it. But it's very, very unlikely that it's going to impact how they go down for bedtime and what they're doing at night time. And if it's any reassurance, I've worked with hundreds of babies that co-sleep. Um, they have their naps co-sleeping in a pram, on a parent, a contact nap. And then at bedtime, they're going down in their own space or they're putting themselves to independently. They're linked, definitely, but not that intrinsically. So I hope that helps. Nap myth number two, you should never wake a sleeping baby. Who has heard this one? I probably hear this on the the daily. And before I dig into this, I really, I have to be honest, I really dislike waking a sleeping baby, mainly because I spend so long at my desk recording these podcasts, doing posts, speaking to you, speaking to families, talking about sleep, um, that it just seems absolutely redonkulous ridiculous to then say well actually we're going to wake your baby um and again i'm really not a fan of those blanket approaches that one size fits all small this is going to come up a lot in this podcast i think um so i think to say you should never wake a sleeping baby at night time that's probably a good i'm not really a rules kind of guy that's probably a good general rule the only time i would wake at night time um was if they feeding issues weight issues um they needed to feed you know at a set time during the night that's the only time I would do that but during the day whilst I try and avoid waking babies up during the day for all those reasons I've just gone through sometimes the key to moving forward and getting to a settled night's sleep and getting a small sleep in their biological best the key is actually to wake them from naps during the day um that again it's it looks different for everybody i really my approach is really personalized to the baby and the family that's the beauty of care it out is i need to speak to the expert that's you and find out what's going on with your small because they are the the bed boss they're the guide really i'm always guided by them so again don't have um general rules for this but times i would look at waking a sleeping baby in practice um, probably there's two times I would probably suggest waking a sleeping baby. Before I start, actually, before going into that, if your baby is going down nicely at bedtime and that bedtime's working for you and their night is overall settled-ish and that's working for you as well, you don't need to do anything. Tweaking and making changes for the sake of it, I really try and avoid that. So that's the first thing. If it's all working for you, honestly, you don't need to change a thing. However, if it isn't, the um, 
two times that I two times I would change um I would wake a sleeping baby would be one in the morning nap for some not all but for some um smalls if they have too long a nap in the morning um in their morning nap then that can then have an impact in their afternoon nap and can cause short late no nap situation in the um in the afternoon so sometimes i would cap that first nap a little bit shorter um and then the second one is um when i would wake if the nap is going too later in the day um sleeping past 3 p.m i call this a bit of a danger dose time and if your small was sleeping it depends on the age as well so again very difficult to to give very specific sleep suggestions here but generally speaking if they're sleeping after 3 p.m um and if they need a nap post 3 p.m i would definitely give them if if your little one is crying you're crying they clearly need a nap i would get them down um, but I would keep that nap super short past 3pm, 30 minutes maximum, I think. Again, there's always wiggle room in that, but generally speaking, that's what I would aim for. So that is definitely a myth. That is definitely a myth that you should never wake a sleeping baby because from my practice and experience, I, I've definitely found that that sometimes, not always, but sometimes that is the key to moving a family forward. Nap myth number three, we're on number three. Naps need to be in the cot to count or all naps need to be in the cot. So same thing, um, a different way of saying it, same thing. This, hopefully this will become, this might be a reassurance or a bit of relief for a lot of you listening. Naps do not need to be in the cot to count, period. Some smalls never, ever sleep in a cot. And to me then, that that's just, again, that's, a massive sweeping statement to say that naps have to be in a cot to count. Um, again, it always comes down to what's working for you and your small. Um, if having the nap, if your baby doesn't sleep out on you, or doesn't like sleeping on you or out and about in the pram, then they might need their naps to be in the cot. That's fine. And again, my whole um, ethos on this or mantra on this is that if it's working for you all as well, but if it isn't and you're, you don't want them to sleep in a cot or it's not working for you or they don't like their cot, I honestly believe that all naps count. On my, on my approach, what is important is the timings for naps, really. Timings pretty much trump everything else. Where they go to sleep, I'm less interested. It's more about whether it's working for you, your small and their sleep. And also how they go down to sleep as well for naps. That's something that's really personal to you as well. And again, if it's working for you, your small and their sleep. Um, so if you are enjoying contact naps, um, a nap in the pram, a nap in the car, on you, and it's working for you, your small and your sleep, honestly, you don't need to change a thing. Um, I think this comes from um, sleeping in the cot. It comes on to junk sleep, which I'm going to come on to in a second. And also that if they don't sleep in their cot, then they're not going to sleep um, in their cot at night time. But again, there's definitely a theme in this podcast, how they go down or where they're sleeping for naps and how where they sleep at night time are two completely separate things. Um, and again, I've had work with lots of babies that are napping on a like a nap mat during the day in a pram on a parent in the car on the school run um, and they go down very nicely at bedtime um, in their cot um, and and go on to sleep well at night time like they're having a settled night's sleep or at their biological best um, 
so yeah, I really hope that helps. There's so much pressure to get them into their cot for naps. Um, and yeah, again, from my experience and practice, you'll probably get hit. You'll probably be sick of me saying that by the end of the show. But that's all I can honestly talk from is that they don't have to be in a cot to count. And I have never, hand on heart, never come back. And in order to get a baby or family sleeping at their biological best, come back and said, right, I don't think I've ever muttered these words. We're going to have to get them in the cot for naps um, in order to do that. So I hope that helps. Sleep myth, I've completely lost with counting. I think we're on number four. Uh, Nap myth number four, naps on the go, a junk sleep. Now, I do buy into junk sleep theory at night time because it's pretty much the same for us. If we nap on a plane, in a car, on the sofa, and then wake up, we don't feel as rested and um, refreshed when we wake up in the morning. And this is because at night time, this is where we do most of our... um, restorative and replenishing at night time but the sleep during the day for naps it's a little bit different it does help replenish and um recharge us during the day but naps really are all about controlling the cortisol to get you to night time um it's not i don't feel it's the same sleep as bedtime as night time but again happy to be challenged and have a discussion on that um so i don't believe in the junk theory during the of during the day now again it will come down to your small because if you've got a little one that just doesn't can't nap out and about and i've definitely looked after a few of those in my time in my um time as a nanny or they won't nap in a car or they don't like sleeping in the sling they're all really different then um or they get disturbed or it cuts the nap short then yes that could have an impact on their nap but i don't believe that naps on the go are junk sleep and i would probably say a massive massive um percentage of the families i work with nap on the go and again are sleeping very well at night time getting a settled night's sleep at their biological best so again if naps on the go are working for you you're you're small their sleep there's no need to change if you feel that um that it does have an impact like being out and about disturbs them a little bit more they can't switch off um very alert energetic babies find it quite difficult to switch off out and about then we might need to look at um getting more of a balance or making it work for you but generally naps on the go i don't believe a junk sleep Number five, nap myth number five, contact naps don't count. Who has heard this one? I, I, again, this is one that I hear all the time and it's pretty much the same for um, that naps in the cot don't count. I believe all naps count wherever your small goes to sleep, however your small is getting down, as long as it's working for you, your small, and their sleep um that really that it will always come down to that and for babies in the fourth trimester it is completely normal that they want to um sleep on you it's the optimum environment warmth heartbeat smell can hear you they feel safe that's their 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 home their familiarity um and sometimes if you've got more than one you've got more than one baby multiples siblings sometimes it's impossible to go home like life logistics isn't always we don't live in this ideal world where we can all be home over lunchtime to get them into to get them down for their nap and we also don't live in that world where all babies are able to do that either so i'm going to keep this one really short and sweet for once 
absolutely contact naps do count um, as long as they're working for you and naps in a sling or in a, uh, a carrier again that can be a sleep saviour for lots of babies and families. That could be the difference. A contact nap could be the difference between them having some nap during the day and getting to a settled night's sleep. Rather that, And the, the other difference would be that they're not napping and then they get to an unsettled night's sleep. So absolutely contact naps do count. Nap myth number five. I think we're on number five. Um, naps should be in the same place where they sleep at night time. Again, I think this is a massive, a massive myth, and I think I've already, I've kind of covered it in the naps need to be in the cot and naps need to be um, not in the carrier, if that makes sense. Um, for some smalls, yes, they do like that consistency and they find it hard to struggle and find it hard to struggle to nap. But I've never had experience on that, um, and again, on my approach, it's not where or how they sleep that is the it's the it's not where or how they sleep that's the most important thing it's that they're getting a nap and quite often the timings um so yet yeah, for some smalls they do find it um find it easier to switch off and settle they like the bedtime environment they like to know it's sleepy time and, and that's grand however if if you if your little one is napping anywhere on you out on a bow in a sling um, and it's working for them um, please don't feel pressure that you've got to get them to sleep in the same place that they sleep at night time um, and again um, I'm, I've said it numerous times in this episode already I'm going to say it again I have never come back and looked at where they're sleeping to get a small to their settled night sleep or sleeping their biological best I think that's really important nap myth number six the lunch the lunchtime nap needs to be two hours ah the two hour unicorn nap this one you have probably definitely heard this and there is so much pressure to get you and your small to do that magical um mystical unicorn two hour nap and here's the thing some smalls are absolutely capable of doing a two hour lunch nap and do it brilliant there's nothing you that's just them that's where they're at however i just don't buy into this one size fits all small and by a set age your but your small is able to see x amount of sleep um and i see it in practice all the time that you're understandably that getting putting pressure on to get your small you think that your small is doing something wrong or you're doing something wrong if they're not able to have this two hour lunchtime nap but hope really hope this reassures you not all smalls will ever some smalls will never do a two-hour lunchtime nap and it doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong your baby needs fixing or again that you need to get to two hours to get your small to sleep their biological best or have a settled night's sleep because i definitely know that not to be true from my practice um so yeah lunchtime what i'd say about the lunchtime nap is it looks different for everybody some might have a um a longer nap in the morning and that works for them because again it's all about what's working for you and your small and, and their sleep we don't need to change it if that's working for them where some for some smalls that lunchtime nap looks different so for it looks different for everybody maybe they'll do an hour and a half maybe an hour and 15 maybe maybe even a little bit more than that two hours 15 minutes um it looks different to everybody um and 
I'm a massive fan of taking off that peak pressure. So if your little one is waking up and you're feeling that pressure to try and get them to a certain uh, length of nap, by all means, when they wake up, I think it's always worth giving them a little bit of time. If then if they wake up and they're not crying, they're emotionally easy. They're not asking for support. I'd probably give them a little bit more time just to, hey, what are you going to do? Are you going to go back to sleep or are you going to call me in? Just step back a little bit and see what they do. If they're crying, emotion easy, upset, my whole approach is we always respond and um, offer reassurance if they need it. So I would go in. If they looked really tired, like eyes rubbing, you're always your smalls expert. So if you can see that they're rubbing their eyes, looking as if they want to go back to sleep, then I would probably try and resettle them. But I, I would... I always try and encourage parents not to get in that sleep standoff where you're trying to resettle them back for a certain length. If they're going to resettle, I found that they're going to do it quite quickly within five or ten minutes. So I would probably have that as a, a bed buffer. If, you, if your small wakes up from their nap, you've tried to resettle them for 10, 15 minutes max and they haven't gone back to sleep, I would probably can it or park it and just go on to the next nap or until bedtime. Um, and if they looked a little bit sprightly, you know, you, you felt they were a little bit weight, I might have a courtesy resettle, but I think I would be just really going through the motions then to see whether I could actually get them back to sleep. Um, but yeah, I hope you found that help. I hope you found that helpful. So yeah, the long, the long, uh, the long lunchtime nap needs to be two hours. That is a total myth. Not every baby will be able to, or toddler, not every small will be able to do the two full hours. Some will, some won't. Doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. Doesn't mean they're broken. Carry it out, meets your small where they are at. Some smalls will have their longer nap in the morning and some will have some variation um, of that lunchtime nap. Um, and yeah, I really encourage you to take that pressure off. It's so, that, that in itself can be so draining, so frustrating and exhausting, which you don't need more exhaustion. Um, to get them to that two hours um, so yeah hope that helps nap myth number seven they shouldn't nap for too long in the morning ah oh, now I've just been talking about this they shouldn't nap for long in the morning <laughs> now oh don't know what happened there sorry I'm too excited busting all these myths um this one I hear a lot I've heard that if they sleep for too long in the morning it adds on to their night time or if they sleep for too long in the morning they're not going to nap um, again in the afternoon and again I've spoke about this earlier for some little ones having too long in the morning can lead to a short no nap late nap in the afternoon which then goes on to impact bedtime goes on to um, impact their night like settling to sleep routine bedtime boundary what's happening at night time um, but for some it's it's it, it works and it's absolutely fine and they have a really long nap in the morning and then that becomes their um like one nap when they do transition down onto one nap so again i'm just not a fan of these blanket bed blanket rules that these rules apply to every single small because your small is unique so is their sleep situation so is their sleep story and what works for one might not work for another so my suggestion on this would be that if the long nap is working in the morning for you your small and their sleep they have a little top up and they have another nap in the afternoon um if they're having multiple naps or that nap in the morning sees them through to bedtime they're uh, they're enjoying their bedtime routine they're not bed begging if you haven't heard of bed begging before it's like when they're really unsettled now bed begging we do want them a little bit tired at bedtime because 
how are we going to get them down to sleep we need enough tide in their tank to get them to sleep um but we we try and we don't want them too overtired but bed begging is where they've just gone past it really upset eating dinner can't eat dinner maybe you're literally limping towards bath time they're upset and they're going in the bath everything's a drama upset getting out of the bath fighting getting dressed for bed you get the idea of bed begging so if your small is bed begging at bedtime because they have had a short no nap or a really late nap in the afternoon um it it might be worth having a look at how long they're sleeping in the morning um but overall i do think that 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 it is a myth that and the myth is that they shouldn't sleep for long in the morning because if it's working for you, all is well. We don't need to change it. Um, nap myth number nine. We're rifling through these now. The lunchtime nap needs to be at a set time or the longest nap. Again, I think there's definitely various themes on this, but I think this is worth addressing separately. Um, I, again, there's themes in this podcast. I just don't buy into that that every baby by a set age that somebody is deemed appropriate that they're able to go down for everybody's going to have their lunch then go down for a nap and it's going to be the longest nap um they're all really different and for some sometimes we have to be mindful we've we've talked about this that um they don't always do super long naps for lunch um and and that's fine they're all really different I've worked with plenty of like not even nine ten month olds which sounds really young where they're having like a half an hour nap or two half an hour naps and they're sleeping well at night time and if they're sleeping well at night time that is telling us that they're getting enough during the day um I always encourage parents to look at everything overall rather than focusing down on just one thing and that's it like zoom out um and look at everything rather than just focus on oh my goodness they're not having a a long lunchtime nap it's going to ruin everything if we adjust our gaze a little bit zoom out and have a look at what's happening at their wake up time what's happening at bedtime routine what's happening how they're going to bed what's happening when they wake up at night time that actually gives us more an indication of what's going on so i don't believe i do i I think this is a myth i don't believe that the lunchtime nap needs to be at a set time and i don't believe that it's got to be the longest nap I feel like I've addressed the longest nap already as to why because that it just it is what works every small is different for some they can have a really long nap in the morning that sees them through till bedtime or they'll have a little wee top up in the afternoon they're in good sleep shape where for some they really do need that nap in the middle of the day for me it will always come down to what is going on for your small and what is going on around that nap and then nap myth number 10, we have rifled through these. Um, nap myth number 10, they should be able to sleep X amount by a set age. And again, I was just about to touch on this, but I thought this is worth doing separately. There is so much pressure everywhere that by a set age, your small must sleep X amount of nap in order for it to count. Now, I honestly believe that every small is completely different we're all different as adults what one person needs for sleep the other person might not need also different and i just think blanket statements like that aren't always particularly helpful one they put lots of pressure on you and two you can think you're doing something wrong or your baby's doing something wrong if they're not doing that there is so many different variations and i also believe that um sleep needs are um nap needs are really personal how much sleep we need in a 24-hour period 
I call this your bed bank. So how much sleep you need in a 24 hour period, bed bank. And that everybody's bed bank varies from person to person. Me, I would I could quite happily sleep 10 hours a night. My husband, I call him six hour secker because six hours and he's done. And it's the same for you, your families, your smalls, they're all really different. And then the bed bank is then split into nap needs and then night needs. And how much nap needs, because we're talking about naps today, your small needs, will it's not going to come as a surprise to you depend on your baby on your small how old they are their nap needs and i do believe that um nap needs vary greatly from baby to baby as i mentioned before i've had nine ten month olds on an hour's nap during the day and sleeping very well at night time and i've had 18 months that still need to two years that still need two two and a half hour nap a day it it I, you always have to look at your baby and what's working for them i think um and i also believe that some smalls are have higher sleep needs and need um more sleep than their peers that always makes me laugh saying the word peers um they do need more sleep than their peers they tend to be the parent um babies that i don't see in practice um and I do believe that some smalls do need less sleep than than their peers um, and they don't always hit the guidelines. I think we need guidelines. I'm not saying burn every book, don't consume any content because I don't feel that's um, very helpful either. I think it's a balance, always a balance with me. Um, but I do think that's important to remember that the... Um, the nap guidelines how much nap you know how many number of naps that they have in a day and how long they should nap for during the day i think they they're useful if they're working for you great but remember they're just a guideline because the most important thing is they don't know you're small and that is the missing piece because some will need more nap will more nap during the day some will need less they're all really different so i really really feel that this is the biggest myth out there that by a, um that they should be able to sleep an x amount of sleep during the day by a set age because they're all really 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 different um and what works for one might not work for another so use those nap guides um if you find them useful um it's good to know where something to aim for but they are just a guide um again always encourage parents to let go of that pressure that you've got to get your baby or your small to that point um because they might not be able to do it and certainly i can only talk from um my practical experience i i never expect your baby to yes i have nap gaps that i think are useful i'm not going to stop sharing that information but i'm always very clear that they're a guide but i my whole approach is that we we don't need to get your baby to sleep at a set time for a set amount of length to get to a settled night's sleep because uh, you're probably bored of me saying this but from my practice experience i've noted i've that's just not what i've i've seen i i know that not to be true um and it yeah it looks different to everybody well, that time just flew. I really, really enjoyed busting those nap myths for you. And I really hope that you enjoyed it and that you found it useful and above all, just reassuring to hear some of those nap myths out there. I'm definitely going to do um, a little sleep series on this because there's loads more to say Um about this i could do nap, uh, myths for sleep time for bedtime i could break it down a little bit because i really really enjoyed this one thank you so much for listening i'm sending big love and sleep solidarity to you all and i'll see you in a couple of weeks thank you so much for listening to me your host kerry secker on the carrot out sleep show i really hope you found the podcast reassuring informative and a little bit fun 
If you did, please don't forget to subscribe to the show below. And I'd be so grateful if you could leave me some fabulous feedback. I always love hearing from you. And one lucky listener will win lifetime access to my Bedtime Basics e-course every single month. My next podcast episode will be out in two weeks' time. But if you can't wait for more of my sleep shizzle, you can find me over on Instagram at carrotoutsleepconsultant. I update my sleep squares and speak sleep there on the daily. Big love and sleep solidarity to you all.